0: welcome to the love Hoop adventure podcast where we talk about the marriage relationship intimacy in marriage and how you can go deeper with your spouse and today we're really excited because we have guests on with us we have matt and jen from the intimate covenant podcast and today we are going to talk about how you can build sexual connection in your marriage so not just have sex because sex is great and maybe it's not great for you we don't know But have sex that actually builds connection. What does it take to build connection in a marriage to have great sex? And we're so excited to have them on. So Matt and Jen, thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourselves.
1: Hi, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. For sure. So we're Matt and Jen. Yes. (laughs) Matt and Jen Schmidt. Um, We live outside of the Houston, Texas area. And we have, um, we are the founders of Intimate Covenant. We've had Intimate Covenant now for about five, six years.
1: Something like that.
2: Um, We've been podcasting for 85 weeks. (laughs) 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 85 is coming up next week as of this recording. Um, So that's kind of our newest adventure. But um, we offer um, kind of started out Intimate Covenant with just. Like local group Bible studies, um, really then, nothing
1: formal. Just, uh, yeah. just some group Bible studies about marriage and and intimacy and. Uh, building connection uh, in in all realms. Yeah. Um,
2: And then it grew from there. We started a um, local marriage retreat. I thought, how hard can that be?
1: uh,
2: (laughs) 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 But but great. But great. Um, And worth it. And worth it. So this, we're coming up this year, this fall, will be our fifth marriage retreat. So that's a huge accomplishment for us. Um, And then we also started doing um, seminars where we travel, um, and we've gotten to go to a lot of really cool places and meet a lot of great people doing weekend seminars. And I don't know, is that, is that everything that's we do? That's kind of how
1: it all has evolved <laughs> and yeah. that's what we're doing. But uh, yeah, we, we just
2: keep saying yes,
1: I guess is, is the the theme of all of that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the cause or the problem or whatever it might be. Yeah. That's, that's how it's happened. <laughs> is <laughs> that, is yeah.
3: that the symptom or the problem? We're not sure.
0: Exactly. Yes, uh,
1: that's hard to <laughs> say. Would,
0: I love that you guys went into um, the thought of doing like a marriage retreat and thinking, how hard can that be? Like as former people who used to do a lot of retreats, that was like the most stressful things in the world to do. Yes. Oh,
1: it, it's <laughs> work. That's why we only do one a year, but right. out, it's, it's, it's uh and, and the seminars, when we get to go other places, it's nice because other people have done all the planning
0: right. and the hard work we just show up
1: and talk. And right. that's really <laughs> oh, there, yeah, there's yeah. a
3: lot of difference between being oh, a yeah. guest speaker and being
1: the event planner. Yeah. And, yes, yes, right. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> oh yeah, my so goodness. it's
2: it's it's kind of all consuming, but ironically, this is not our our full time jobs, right. if you will, although it definitely is becoming be? mad. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, could could definitely be. Mad is a veterinary specialist and um and I'm um I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom, although our youngest is in ninth grade, so I'm about to lose that title. <laughs> She's about <laughs> to retire. Yeah, only a few more years <laughs> left with that. Um, but yeah, uh Intimate Covenant kind of came about. Um, mostly because we've been married it'll be this year, 25 years. Right. Um, wow,
3: congratulations. Thank, thank you. you.
2: Super excited for that milestone yes. anniversary. Um, but I would say that you know intimate covenants really been around for for six years. So for a, around our 19 year mark is when that really got started. But really for 19 years, um, we've always had a heart to mentor other couples,
1: even um, when we really had no business mentoring other couples.
2: We really needed the mentoring ourselves, and yet, um, and, and that really comes from a place of we started our marriage in a very broken place. Um, We were very young. Um, We had had a lot of brokenness that had happened to us that we had caused ourselves. And brought
1: into our own marriage. brought into marriage, Mm -hmm. not just because Mm -hmm. we were married, but things that we had brought in.
2: Yeah. Um, And um, I think we just quickly at some point in the, and when we were still in the midst of dragging through all of that said, how can we help other couples not have this same story? And so again, we, we still needed the mentoring ourselves, but um <laughs> just always had a heart for for proclaiming the truth of marriage, of God's plan for marriage and being real. Right. That yeah. is
1: and that there could be something better than what most people are just willing to settle for. Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of been our our goal and our message overall.
2: Yeah. We've tried to be very, very real, very vulnerable.
1: But what um, and what we've really found is Um, The more we talk about marriage, the more that couples wanted to talk about the, the sexual relationship in marriage, because that's what was not being talked about as I, I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, as well.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Especially within the church. We
1: certainly had very little to no training or guidance or mentorship in that regard. Uh, And so the more we talked about marriage and the Bible studies that started out as a marriage class turned (laughs) into a a sex class and
2: um,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: not the, not the, you know, how to get tab A into slot B, but how to build that relationship and what kind of conversations need to be had. Um, what kind of conversations are we avoiding? What kind of conversations do we not even realize that we need to have? Um, so that's, that's where we're really
2: diving into what, what is the purpose of sex, you know, and i think too often, especially within, um, conservative Christian circles, we, we all grow up with this understanding that you save sex for marriage. Um, and, you know, that's often presented to us in a very negative way, a very, you know, mm-hmm. sex is a no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, but the day you say, I do, it's yes, go do that, but we're not going to talk about it. Just figure that right. out, you know? And, right. yeah, And so many couples start off their marriage, you know, sex is hard. Um, yeah. Because sex is not just two bodies going together, right? And yeah, yeah. and you quickly realize this takes a lot of work, and yet n- nobody's talking about the work, right? You know, so yeah, and like,
0: no one's talking about you know just hangups that you may experience or have either, and no one's telling you how do you build that sexual connection in the marriage because we just always want to say, well, oh, well, we'll just figure it out. It, you'll just figure it out, except for that. Like we have so many people write into us telling us how they haven't figured it
3: out. <laughs> it's like, I, I exactly. say what I'm what I'm beginning to hear more people talking about is that it's not just you know no 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 flip a switch I do no, absolutely not boom yeah. and you're fine. It, you know, yeah. there, there, there has to be a little bit more going on there. And, and we're seeing more and more of those kind of conversations taking place, which is, yes. I think is yeah, I mean, I don't know what,
1: I don't know what your experience great. was, but when we got married, the, the preacher up at the front of the, you know, um, chapel didn't have a switch behind that Bible that he was holding.
2: <laughs> that uh, made us all of a sudden the, like, okay. <laughs>
1: and Right. So we, and so, yeah, you're right. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to- make that transition from trying to live a a chaste and pure life before marriage right? um, and then switching that to, because we had no understanding of what sex was. Uh, I I think, and and I appreciate the, you know, the, the topic that you kind of put before us and mentioning and talking about building sexual connection, not just talking about how to have sex and how to, I don't know, for lack of a better term, how, how to better stimulate our genitals Right. Because sex is so much bigger than that. And really, mm-hmm. I think even scripture is very clear that sex is not just an act, but sex is a relationship right. and it's integral yeah. to the marriage relationship. It's part of what um, builds that relationship. It, it is, it, it's is—it's a requisite for marriage. It's not just something that you can give or take. It is a requisite for marriage as God describes, even from the very beginning when he talks about Adam and Eve becoming one flesh. That's that's right. how he defines the marriage relationship. It's how we. It's how he separates the the marriage relationship from all other relationships. Yeah, um, right, so, yeah, and even from the very first descriptions of sexual relations in in scripture, um, God uses the term in scripture that Adam knew his wife Eve, mm-hmm. as a as a metaphor or as a uh, description of sex, not because he's trying to be mysterious or cryptic with the language necessary. But I think he's being very purposefully descriptive of sex, that it is a knowing it's a knowing and being known, right? It's not that you can just have sex. And if you put your bodies together, then you have sex and that's checks off the box for sexual no. relationship because that's not connection in all of the other ways.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But sex is an avenue to spiritual uh, connection. It's an avenue to emotional connection as well as physical connection. Right. So all of those um, aspects have to be um, integrated and and should be uh, a part of that sexual relationship. In fact, the best sex that you will have is not about how you do it, but the best sex that you have right. is when you're connected in all of those ways.
0: Agreed. Uh,
1: I mean, the 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 example that I always love to give is, I mean, why is hotel sex so much better? Why is vacation <laughs> sex so much better? It's not because the bed is so much more comfortable. They're pumping
2: something <clears throat> into the AC. That smells like water. <laughs> it's,
1: it's not because the carpet is cleaner or the, the the decorations are better. And it's not even necessarily because you're doing something wildly different than what you do at home. Vacation sex is better because you're connected in all of those other ways. Mm -hmm. All of the distractions are out of the way. All the stressors are out of the way. And so you've been able to take the time and have the time to connect in all those other ways. And that's why that experience is so much better than it is on a Tuesday night at home, generally speaking.
2: Right. But Tuesday night at home can be great when you reframe your purpose of sex. Right. Mm Right. Mm-hmm. and it is very clear that god created sex for pleasure and right. that's that's clear in the way our bodies work yeah. um, that's very clear within the song of songs you know we yeah. have this whole book in the bible that is all about sexual pleasure but the focus though is that pleasure is a byproduct of the connection mm-hmm. because right. sex is really about connection and when you reframe your purpose With sex, when you recognize that the reason we're doing this is for connection, well, then number one, it can make the pleasure even better, but it also just gives you something so much deeper than just what two bodies can and cannot do.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, I love how you guys are talking about how building sexual relationship is way more than just having sex because so many yeah. people write to me and I will have a spouse say, well, how can I get my spouse to be more engaged with sex, like sex? It's like they could take it or leave it with sex. And I always try to tell them, okay, there's obviously things going on in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have this idea that sex is just to bring pleasure physically to that other person, whether you experience physical pleasure or not, it's just a duty then of course they don't want to have sex with you. Of course this isn't like really important um, in their minds because they just think, well, it's like you me meeting any other physical need of theirs instead of seeing it as a thing that brings you together with your spouse. So maybe they are having sex that's driving them apart. Or at least one spouse is...
1: Yeah. yeah. One spouse oh, yeah. is
0: not feeling connected and that and that spouse is typically the one who isn't super enthusiastic about sex. Absolutely. Oh, right. It, it right. because
1: it's no more fun than changing dirty diapers because yeah. it's just a duty. And it's just, just an just item meeting, on the to-do yeah, list. Just meeting someone else's need is no fun. Um, but when it's when it's viewed and used as a means of building deeper connection and maybe even Um, In in a bigger picture is when a couple is connecting in all of those other ways, sex becomes so much more enjoyable and so much easier to transition to. It becomes sort of just a natural extension of the rest of the relationship um, because it's being used uh, and used to build connection and used to accentuate connection in all of those other ways. So, yes, you're, you're exactly right. You can't just put your sex life in a box and just pull right. it out from underneath the bed, you know, every couple of weeks. When and expect that it's
2: working well, right. you think, yeah. It, it,
1: it's ne- it can't be icing on the cake when the rest of your, it only happens when everything else is perfect in the relationship.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we, we like to talk about that sex isn't icing on the cake. Sex is the eggs that hold the cake together. You know, right. it is an intro, you don't have a cake <laughs> without that. Um, and and when we learn to view our sex life together as a source for deep connection, um, then then it shifts from this obligation mindset. It shifts from that sense of sex is something that I give or sex is something that I get. Um, You know, when really sex is the relationship, it it is about, you know, two souls.
1: It's something we build. It's not Mm -hmm. something that I'm Mm -hmm. giving or taking. It's something that we are building. Yeah, Uh, Esther Perel, I can't necessarily recommend everything that she says or writes, but she says sex is something is not just something you do. It's a place you go. And -hmm. I just I love that, that visualization that it it takes it to a place that's far beyond again, more than just what you are doing with your physical bodies. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, It is something that you are building together. It's a place you go to escape everything else. It's a respite from the rest of the, the the world and the rest of the obligations that you have. Um, it, it's such a, a beautiful way to state it.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that that's such a mind shift. You know, so often I hear wives say to me, and it, and it seems to be especially true for young mamas, and I get that we had four mm. little people at one point <laughs> in our lives, and, yeah. and I get that sense of, I just don't want sex. You know, so many times I hear oh. women say, I could just live forever without sex. I don't want it. And that I think is coming from a place of viewing sex as just another thing that needs to get done, you know, or sex is something that I need to give him in order to, Mm -hmm. you know, keep him satisfied. Yeah. Keep him from instead of recognizing the benefit of sex for both of us, Mm -hmm. that it is that. Place of connection, and it's a place of connection meant to to bleed into, if you will, all other realms of of intimacy. You know, I think we purposely named our our ministry, our venture, if you will, yeah. or whatever whatever the word is intimate <laughs> um, covenant, <laughs> the thing that we do. <laughs> um, we purposely use the word intimate in that, and it's. Always interesting to see people's reaction to that um, because we frequently, especially again within conservative Christian circles, we use the word intimacy as a euphemism for sex. You know, like we don't don't Mm -hmm. really say the word sex in polite society, but we can say intimacy. (laughs) And so people are often like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) intimate (laughs) covenant. What are you guys talking about? You know, Um, we are very purposeful with picking the word intimate and. We like to talk about that there are realms of intimacy within your marriage. Um, there's spiritual intimacy, mental intimacy, emotional intima- intimacy, and physical intimacy, and that those are all connected together. Right. And and then learning to see the connection between all of those. And again, like what Matt was saying, you know, your physical intimacy is not just something that. You know, every once in a while you pull out, it is a part of your spiritual intimacy together. It is a part of your mental and emotional intimacy. And when you're really struggling with physical intimacy, one of the best things you can do is step back as a couple and say, where are we not connecting in all these other realms?
0: Exactly.
2: And so for a young mama who's saying, I don't want sex, my answer to her is often, okay, how's your emotional connection? How's your mental connection together? Because you do want sex in a different way when you see the benefit of the connection in yeah. all of that.
1: And when you are struggling in one area like that, um, the, the question often is, how can I use our emotional connection to accentuate the sexual relationship? And how can I also use our sexual connection to accentuate my emotional connection as well? That Those yeah. two mm-hmm. things feed into each other. And if I can just get over the, this idea that sex is just a to-do item or it's just for men or whatever it is, um, you know, then, then that, that's a a pathway to strengthening the relationship. And uh, like we're talking about building sexual connection. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, you were talking about intimacy being in these different sort of personal realms of emotional, mental, uh, physical, all these kinds of things. I, I almost feel like there's within the marriage relationship or, or just, I don't even maybe even family. It can go into different areas of the home or different areas of the relationship. So you know, there's there's a uh, an intimacy in the bedroom. There's there's sexual intimacy, but then there's just like I don't know conversation. I mean, like yeah. conversation can be intimate. It doesn't mean like you're saying it doesn't mean sexy times. Um, it 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 means a, a close personal private connection and I, I think that private part is maybe where we it, it always trips over into we must be talking about sex because it to me it, it means something private right. that I share with one person. Yes. You know yeah. if I had the, the, the type of relationship I have with Kiwi um in regard to our finances is more intimate than my relationship with a friend or a coworker. I'm not right, going to right. talk about my finances in the same depth and level and trust and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so all those different aspects, you can have intimacy with your spouse in the realm of parenting. Mm-hmm. Are, are the two of you parenting together and trusting each other and communicating in those kinds of ways. And like Keely said about, um, you know, people writing in and saying, well, I'm, you know, we're not connecting sexually, et cetera. Um, you know, how is the intimacy in those other areas? How is the intimacy? You know, like it. It sounds kind of stupid to say. You know, is your checkbook impacting your bedroom? But seriously, if there's a problem, between you, yeah, if there's a problem between you and your spouse. <laughs> In regard to the way you are handling the bills, or the way you are talking to the kids, right. or you know how yeah. the chores, how the chores are being you know divvied up, or whatever, it can cause issues. Mm-hmm. And and because if there is a break in that trust and, and personal nature that is intimacy within whatever realm it is, it's going to impact that trust in other areas. Absolutely. If if I don't trust the way you are, you know, uh, doing X, Y, and Z you know, in, in this realm, again, with, with the finances or with the kids or with you know, how you're taking care of your, how you're taking care of yourself. Um, I might be less inclined to trust you in another area as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times the, the feedback that we get, I don't know about you guys, a lot of the, the concerns that get brought up about sexual intimacy do involve trust do involve
1: yeah. yeah. Because tr- I mean, trust is integral to any kind of vulnerable relationship. It, it, um,
3: vulnerable. But, that, that's the, that's one of the, the key words yes. that i was looking for with intimacy is yes. that you're vulnerable with somebody. Again, right. And that's what
1: intimacy is. I mean, intimacy, checkbook. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Intimacy means that I am putting myself in a place of weakness, yeah. intentionally opening myself up yep. so that I can be known and so the, yeah. and then I'm hoping that you will also open yourself up in some way emotionally so that I can know you. I mean, in, in, intimacy is about knowing and being known and, and trusting yeah. that and seeking that uh, from each other. Uh, and so you're right. That, that has so much more to do than just sharing our naked bodies together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that is vulnerable and that is intimate for sure. But a a lot of times I think many of us find it more challenging to be vulnerable emotionally than we do sexually because it's so much more challenging sometimes to have a conversation about some of these things than it is to just do it. Mm-hmm. I can just, you know, close my eyes and think of England if, if, uh, it, and <laughs> I can. Queen
2: Victoria famously yeah, said Yes, so I, I can,
1: I can dissociate <laughs> and get oh, that's through so it and- is that Yeah,
2: yeah. that's literally <laughs> Queen Victoria's advice to her daughter on how to survive sex. Close your eyes and think of England, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> which is way too wow. often like that mindset that we have of this is something to just endure, to just get through, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: But it's so much more challenging to, Invite your mind, your yeah. soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, invite that mm-hmm. to the bedroom, or, and even invite that to the relationship. Because mm-hmm. we we put up barriers because we don't want our spouse to know who we really are, mm-hmm. or we're afraid of what they're going to think of what who we really are inside. What we've done, what we've thought, yeah. what we desire. Uh, we we are so anxious to suppress all of those things that we think our spouse would would shy away from, or would. Our spouse would think dirty of us if we even brought those topics up. Hmm. But, but the greatest gift that we have been given in this life is to be loved for who we really are. Yeah. If my spouse only loves me for who I want them to know me for, then they're hmm. actually only in love with my PR department. <laughs> they're not actually in love with me. Yep. Um, but when I'm able to share who I really am Emotionally, spiritually, sexually, and all those other ways, that's the greatest gift that we have. I mean, that's the gift that, that God offers us through Christ is to be loved in spite of who we actually are. Yeah. And when our spouses can also offer that, to me, that's the greatest gift that we have in this life is to be loved for who I really am in spite of who I really am. Uh, that that's the greatest gift and but that's what only, intimacy is, but you can only yeah. get that if you're willing to share who yeah. you actually are. Right. Yeah. But that puts you at risk. I mean, that means you're being vulnerable. That means you're likely at some point to get hurt and we yeah. don't like to be hurt and we like to try to control the outcomes of these kind of conversations, but you can't get mm-hmm. deep intimacy unless you're willing to be deeply vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it, to me, that's a risk worth taking. But it
3: is a risk. I mean, it, it, it's, it's scary to, to contemplate doing that, to take that first step and, and to begin that process. I know Keelan and I have, have grown, you know, I feel like in, in like in fits and starts. I don't know about you guys, but sure. there have been yeah. these moments of sort of this reckoning in whatever area of our, of our own psyche or, you know, or in our sexual relationship or whatever where it's like, okay, we need to talk. You know, and and this is sort of like one of us will like lay something out on the table and it's terrifying, but I can, I can look back over the course of our marriage and and even prior to our marriage, just our our dating relationship um, and see those, those moments of vulnerability and how our relationship just like Jumped up onto another, you know, Mm -hmm. it it, it went from a slow growth curve to just sort of vertical for a second, and you're you're just in a different place with your marriage, and it's amazing. And then, but then when the next one comes, you know, you don't necessarily look back and go, "Oh, it was fine last time." (laughs) <laughs> this, scary, I, I don't know about you know, but I'm like, yeah, you know, it's scary time, every
2: time. Yeah, <laughs> well, this time it's not going to
3: be okay if I say this or if I right. you know, open this part of me up, it's going to hurt or whatever. Or it could right. hurt and I don't want to. but.
2: Right. But you really, I mean, you know, again, talking about how do we achieve sexual connection with one another? Right. Well, the greatest way we do that is by talking is by sharing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but, and I think that, The reaction to what Matt and I are doing is always this sense of relief. Every time we go to a seminar and we have a room full of people and they're all kind of a little on their edge because they're like, these are the people that talk about sex. And I don't really know if we should talk about sex. (laughs) And and the minute we just start talking about sex in God-honoring ways, proclaiming the beauty of this covenant relationship, you just... It, it it you can feel it in oh, the room yes, yes. when when mm-hmm. people realize this is right and holy and good right. to talk about and this is exactly how we get to where we want to be you know um exactly. it, the cosmo magazines want to convince you that it's all about the technique You know, and Mm -hmm. and that's what people think about. Blow each
0: other's minds or whatever. Exactly, When
2: they know that we talk about sex, they immediately think, oh, they're the people who probably talk about positions and technique and hanging from the chandelier. And that's not what we're (laughs) talking about. We're talking about. Hey, real quick, where does that trope come from? Hanging from a chandelier. I
3: like, I've never did that. I've, never, I've
1: never tried it, so I can't speak I've, to. It. I've, I've, I've never once
3: even here. dreamed of <laughs> 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 I, you know, have a chandelier. <laughs> I have that. But I never once thought, you know, hey, we got that ceiling fan.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
3: <laughs> never <laughs> once did that cross my mark. But you know, you bring up an interesting point that. Um, you guys are talking about this in the context of, you know, of, of like public speaking, basically, whether mm-hmm. it's a retreat or a seminar or whatever and, mm-hmm. and, and you also do it on your podcast. We do it on our podcast, on our blog, and that kind of thing. And what I found is that when when you first start saying the words, yeah, um, there's this nervous energy in the room. Yeah. like, wait a minute, where is this going? Because right. I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but like when we're uh, when we're watching a movie uh, especially with the kids in the room, and, and uh-huh. all of a sudden the humor starts drifting in a certain direction. You're like, yep. "Yeah, okay." Like I'm hovering over the remote button. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm hovering over the pause button on the remote, going, "Okay, and are we going to have to? Are we going to have to cancel this?" And when you when you lay it out in in like you said in, in terms where we're okay, we're not going to go off the deep end here, guys. Right. When we right. talk about something, and we're going to use the language that we're not comfortable using very often. Yeah. Then um now. I wanna I want to translate that to that's when you do that in a room full of people, it is it is palpable. Like everybody can feel the nervous energy. Oh yeah when you do that with your spouse even sometimes. Yeah depending on on your comfort level, and, and we've been doing this for so many years, we just don't even realize sometimes right. how comfortable we are with certain. Yeah, we right and and but but early on It's, you know, like what, what, what do we say and how do we approach it? And can, and again, can I trust this person to, to not be weird about it or whatever? And that is, that is such a hard thing to do. We've, we've talked in over earlier years about a bedroom language, about literally, Going through and what
0: words make you on edge and which ones are okay to say. It's important
3: to know what terms are we going to use
1: because (laughs) any kind of communication starts with a vocabulary, you have to know (laughs) absolutely there, basically. Right? right? Well, and and
2: and some of us grew up with you know, uh, I know so many women and myself included that like my body parts were hardly even named in my own presence. Yes. You know, I don't even I didn't even have a vocabulary other than yes. you know, my private area. And that was all <laughs> I to say.
0: Wear your you bathing know. suit covered?
3: Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> well,
0: it is it's about- parts
3: because that's become so euphemistic that it's, yeah. it's just like saying something. <laughs> <laughs> right, like right.
0: Yeah, but it's
2: first and foremost with couples, even just encouraging them to talk and to mm-hmm. to 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 get to get a language, you know. I mean yeah. Honestly, encouraging women know your body. Your body is yeah. beautiful and wonderful and made, you know, exactly how God intended it to be made. And that means you you need to know your body because how can I right. possibly hope to explain to him what does or doesn't feel good if I don't even have a language? Right. And I don't even know the parts themselves. So right. so yeah, it's it's encouraging couples to first recognize the the beauty in in forming a language together and being comfortable about talking about it mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> our podcast always starts with matt saying hey jen wanna talk about and then he names whatever subject we're going to talk about and my line is always something along the fact uh, uh, along the lines of no, I don't want to talk about this <laughs> because that is the truth of us. That was us for 19 years. It was not at thing. all. Actually, I, want I don't want to talk about this and me going, no, I don't want to press, talk about that. Press
3: stop. No, I don't <laughs> exactly. so
2: It is ironic great. that here I am. Now being seen as a, somehow a sex expert, which I totally am not, but, but we can see within our own story, the power of finally naming it together, of talking about it, of being real with one another. Yeah. And I
1: think to your point, Austin, the, as, if one of us, as one of us becomes braver to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. what we find, mm-hmm. even in large groups, is that vulnerability creates more vulnerability yeah. Yeah. And the more that we're willing to open up and tell our story, even in large groups, or even to broach the subjects that have been considered taboo Taboo, for too long. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah,
3: you you do it first. You do it first, and we'll join you, Matt. And that
1: creates a (laughs) comfort level. And then folks are willing to open up to us. But hopefully what we're really trying to spur is for couples to open up then to each other. Yes. Right. So that these topics are okay. And that this is a language that we can use and a framework that we can use to have these conversations. Exactly. That, that's true even though, even in a, our personal relationship, the more that I open up, even though every time it's scary and I don't know how she's gonna react. And if I share this, what is she gonna think? What happens most of the time is, yes, there is a reaction that she has, But even from that reaction, we can find a place to build on and to celebrate that now we have a deeper point of intimacy, even if it's something she really didn't want to know about me. (laughs) It's still a place that we can celebrate that, okay, now we know this, but now that's something even deeper that we share together exclusively. And that's something that we have and that we can both uh, build on and that we can both protect. That we can both instead of me hiding it and spending all this energy trying to hide it now we can both share it we can both protect it we can both encourage each other in in that point Mm -hmm. so vulnerability begets more vulnerability and
0: that's so tough i also you know have a lot of people tell me so i think a lot of times when people are looking to build sexual connection they think that the first place they need to talk and start is talking about sex And I feel like that might not always be the best place for people to start because if one spouse shuts them down every single time they talk about sex, they're like, well, what do I do now? And I'm like, okay, well, obviously, you need to address the other areas of your marriage. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Because if
0: they are completely um, not willing to speak about sex with you, they're probably hiding other stuff. There's probably other things that – that you guys aren't close on because if they can't allow that part of themselves to you, what else can they not?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And you've got to find some common ground, uh, some points of connection so that you can start building those bridges again. Mm -hmm. And
2: and we talk a lot about, um, you know, the what we like to call the pursuer responder dynamic within your, Mm -hmm. your marriage. And so For most couples, one of you is an emotional pursuer and the other is the emotional responder. And then that's generally kind of flipped. And so that emotional responder tends to be the sexual pursuer. Not always, but that, you know, is kind of the norm, if you will. And so, um, you know, the pursuer is the one who is looking for that connection, you know, that Mm -hmm. whether that's sexually or emotionally, um, they're the ones seeking out that connection. And so the pursuer has to learn to recognize that within themselves. And then the responder is the one whose job it is to respond. But I think too often what we find is we expect our spouse to be ourselves. And so as an emotional Mm -hmm. pursuer, I have always been really good at expecting Matt to be the emotional pursuer too. Instead of recognizing my role in this is to come to him with these mm-hmm. emotional connection issues and right. give him the place to respond to me, but not yeah. expect him to be you know, what I am and vice but versa. But my job
1: as an emotional responder is to respond with more than just a one syllable response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so to, to
2: respond to that bid for connection. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times where this breaks down sexually is the sexual responder just feels broken because they feel like right. it's never enough. They're the ones who really probably aren't comfortable talking about sex. They're not going to, by nature, bring up that language. And so, but they feel like their their role is supposed to become a sexual pursuer and that's
0: not who they are. Well, I also think that the spouse who is the sexual pursuer um, misinterprets their not willingness to like initiate as, a, yeah. as like, well, they don't love me because they don't initiate sex with me.
1: Right. 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 I, I think, I think that's exactly a, huge right. it's a huge misunderstanding. Huge misunderstanding because, yeah. ju- you know, if-, if uh, it is. It boggles my mind, and I'm constantly amazed that my wife does not think about sex <laughs> nine tenths of the day. <laughs> I can't understand how that's even possible. Right. <laughs> but when I it finally, when you finally recognize that that's just not who she is, and right. so her lack of spontaneity, if you will, is not a reflection of. Her willingness and desire to want to connect with me—those mm-hmm. right. um, two things are do, are not the same thing. Even though that's how I pursue connection, that's not how she pursues connection. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a lot of times we're just we're we're shooting out these bids of connection for each other, and we're just completely missing because we're shooting the wrong bids for one thing sometimes, but also we are oblivious to all of the ways that our spouse is trying to connect with us. And we just completely miss each other.
2: Right. And so as an emotional pursuer, I need to recognize that if I'm throwing out bid for connection and I'm not getting much back, well, it is my job to then say, okay, but how can I connect with him? Maybe it's because it's been a while since we've had sex that's his go-to language. And I need to recognize, oh, that element of connection is lacking right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and vice versa. As a sexual pursuer, if you're most interested in connection with your spouse and your sexual responder says, tonight's just not going to happen, then don't go off in a corner and pout. Instead, yeah. figure out, okay, how can we connect in another way? How can we connect emotionally? Right that goes so far for a sexual responder to be granted that the beautiful place of i want you i don't want just your body mm-hmm. and so right. if your body isn't available to me right now i still want you right. and i will right. i will connect with you emotionally whatever that looks like mm-hmm. you know but too often we get hung up on we want sex and that whole initiation and rejection.
0: And they're keeping me from it and getting yeah. what I want. Yeah. And, and then there's right. oh, a yeah. whole lot of misunderstanding about the role of sex. And of course that's that person who doesn't feel like having sex tonight feels like, well, everything else I did for you today isn't good enough. Yeah. You're not going to be happy if I do yeah. this for you now because then you're just going to want this tomorrow night and the next night and I'm exhausted or whatever. Right. But,
1: and the worst part of all of this is that none of this is actually ever communicated I just assume that my spouse is withholding all of this from me to just to make (laughs) me angry. And then, you know, my spouse is assuming that all they want is my body, but that's never even spoken in a lot of cases. We just go to bed with all of this resentment and that just builds and builds over time. uh, And no one ever talks about what's actually happening. They, They never even get to the point of having the conversation that, oh, you actually do want to be with me. And I do, and, and I actually want to be with you and we're actually have the same goals, but we've never actually had a conversation right.
0: about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. You, you are saying so many things that I, I think a lot of couples struggle with, but at the same time, one of the things that I think we have to do is empower people to like put names to what's actually happening in the emotions because when someone tells me their spouse isn't having sex with them or doesn't want it I always tell them immediately go to them and ask your spouse what are things we do together that make you feel connected to me like what is the thing that we do is it conversation is it whatever physical touch or hugging or cuddling and then after you give them like real time to share that with you tell them when I have sex with you this is the this is when I feel connected like that emotion you feel in that moment this is what I feel and then it takes it away from just well please come over here and take care of my need like cook me supper and have sex with me um it's I want to connect with you and I want to feel that connection the same way you crave the connection when we do the fill in the blank whatever that is
1: and, and I'll say, and I think that's brilliant. And in fact, we give that assignment to a lot of couples is each of you list 10 things that your spouse does or could do to, that makes you feel loved.
2: Which and, it's super easy to come up with like three, but when 10? you're like yes. item four through 10, you're like, uh, I don't even know this, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: but it, it's often, it's often a revelation And it's often a revelation, especially when you make them prioritize those things. Because what I think my spouse really enjoys is maybe not necessarily what Mm. they need in the moment. Um, So that sometimes is a a revelation. And and I'll say, I think one of the biggest, most underrated aspects of sex that helps to promote connection is the afterglow. Mm. And Mm. what I mean by that is, in in those moments, after you've really been physically vulnerable, and especially if you each have been, I don't know, e- expressively pleased and have really enjoyed that moment of sexual pleasure, in those few moments after sex is often really vulnerable um, because you feel exposed, as as you should, because you have exposed a part of yourself. Right. And too many couples, I think, in us included for a while, we're very quick to just kind of rush away from that and get away from that, hurry up and clean up and move on to something else so we can get into our, you know, sleeping mode instead Mm. of embracing those few moments. And it doesn't have to be even 10 minutes, but it can be a few moments of gentle um, eye contact, maybe a few words of affirmation, praise, gratitude, um, whatever it is, but staying in that moment of connection, in those immediate moments, even after you've you've had sex, so to speak, um, and lean into that vulnerability.
2: Well, and that is incredibly powerful, especially for a sexual responder, because that is where the responder does rec- has the opportunity to recognize that their pursuer is most looking for connection with them, right? Not a body, so. We say to to sexual pursuers all the time, if you want your spouse to desire this, then you have to stop treating them as just a body. And so if you can, you know, pursuers, if you can be the one to even initiate those tender moments of connection afterwards, you're filling your responder up because they're probably the ones most looking for that emotional connection. So then it becomes a beautiful cycle, which is exactly what it's meant to be. Yeah,
1: and then you can take even that afterglow into the following hours or even days,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where sometimes you know couples have sex and then they won't even think about it. Or certainly not going to talk about it the next day or the days after, um, or talk about the meaningfulness or those those moments. Um, the most you might get from some couples is some crude joke about what happened, you know, the night before, instead of. Yeah using that connection and referring back to that with that knowing look across the breakfast table or um, a tender word of gratitude or thankfulness or whatever it is, but riding that afterglow far into the following days helps build connection in so many other ways. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, again, trying to put sex in your box, put it under the bed and save it there until you know next Friday night or whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> But that's, that's a way to bring um, that, that connection and hold that connection, even going into the rest of your days.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for sharing all of this with us. I know my audience is going to really enjoy listening to you. So tell us, where can we connect with you guys?
1: Well, uh, probably the easiest way if you're already listening to a podcast would be to just click <laughs> on over to the Intimate Covenant podcast. Right. Um, that's where we um, podcast weekly about these kinds of topics. Um, certainly, you could head on over to our website. There's a lot of other things that we have going on over there, uh, IntimateCovenant.com. Um, and uh, we'd certainly be glad to join you there. Uh, yeah. We also have a new online community called Covenant Club. Um, which is uh, mm-hmm. we have some online discussion forums there, um, and uh, we talk a little bit more in depth about some of our podcast episodes and some other topics. There's a wives-only section. There's Come a husbands-only. Yeah, yeah, there's a husbands-only section, so we can, you know, we the guys talk about funny memes and the girls talk yeah. about I don't know whatever.
0: The, they're the girls talking are talking, talking
2: deeply <laughs> while the guys are probably like <laughs> hearing bad jokes. You know, that sounds
0: like a <laughs> sounds like normal community. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but we're loving Covenant Club. so that's a neat way to connect with us on a little bit more personal, uh, yeah. intimate level,
1: if there you, you will. <laughs> <laughs> or you can find all that at intimatecovenant.com.
0: Yeah. Awesome. we'll link up to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to you know get this out there. And anybody who has any questions, be sure to go to their website, fill out their contact form, ask them your questions, whatever you're looking for. Yeah.
1: It's been a pleasure to meet you guys and have this conversation. So glad we did this. Yes. So on.
0: Fantastic. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and we can't wait to talk with everyone later.